0: Hey everybody, Coach John Daly back again with our favorite guest, our only guest so far, but there will be more, but definitely top of my list, Dr. Jeff Lift, uh for 11th edition. So we're in the double digits now and uh, it just keeps getting better and better. And uh, Jeff, are you there?
1: I'm there, buddy. We got some uh, really good momentum going.
0: Yes, that's why I had to continue doing this. I, t- I got to be honest with the listeners. I'm dying, I'm, I'm in pain, <laughs> I'm hurting, I'm tired, but you know what, driving home from basketball tonight, um, I just said, you know what, man, I got to call Jeff, this is going to be good, I'm looking forward to this, I got you know, to keep this momentum going, just like you said, I got to keep this momentum going, and uh, the schoolwork, will take a back seat tonight, and spend some time with my wife after this, and get connected again, these weeks, you know how it is, Jeff, you know, <laughs> these weeks, <laughs> kind of roll into one, and uh, you got a lot of stuff on your plate, so I'm so glad we're making this time because I I, am, I feel better already. The pain that I'm feeling, I don't have it anymore right now talking to you. This is great. What do you got for us tonight?
1: So, I wanted to kind of lead off tonight by making a correction from the last podcast. Uh, last podcast, I said that Lindsay and Carl's birthdays were on the uh, 5th of April. When I really met, was the 6th of April. So, I want to give a shout out to that um, <laughs> because sometimes I get my dicks made stuff. But, I wanted to kind of transition. I, I think after ten podcasts, we did a very good job in describing some of the ups and downs that I've been through, and how important my family was, and just just everybody that was there to kind of help me through those down points, and then obviously get me back to the up points. But mm-hmm. from these point podcasts forward, I wanted to kind of focus on some of the friendships that have got me through some of those difficult times, but. I wanted to start off this 11th podcast by talking about uh, a book I've been reading, uh, and the book's called A Man's Search for Meaning by Victor Frank, and that was actually given to us by uh, Sam Crowley at that live conference. Um, have you started reading that book yet at all, my friend?
0: It is in my list of things to do once I finish my other one, so yes, it's it's coming soon. So good, I, I'm going to enjoy this preview.
1: <laughs> good, good, and it's it's a good book so far. I've not yet finished it all, but... It's funny, whenever I'm reading a book, and I'm always amazed at how the book has just given me insight into something that I'm going through at that current moment, and it's like life is just trying to teach me something at that particular time. Do you ever get that same feeling at all?
0: That's amazing. I mean, the the stuff I look for at school, whether it be for articles for my students or articles for my leadership class or even for the podcast stuff, the stuff Mm -hmm. that just jumps right across the screen and into my eyes first is usually something that I need. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. it happens more often than not, that's for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's why I kind of wanted to go with this because the last two days while reading this book, things have just hit me that was so hard. But um, I really wanted to kind of give you and our listeners a little bit about what this book is about. So Dr. Frank uh, chronicles his experience as a concentration camp inmate during World War II and describes his psychotherapeutic methods which involve identifying a purpose in life to feel positive about, and then intensely imagining that outcome. So according to Frank, the way a prisoner imagined the future affected his longevity at surviving those concentration camps. So this mm-hmm. book really tried to dive into answering the question, how is every day in a concentration camp reflected in the mind of an average prisoner? So it was just intense it was so intense and like i said i haven't really finished that book yet but there are so many quotes and stories so far that i read halfway into the book that's really affected my mood in a positive way over the last few weeks since i've been really diving into the book so once again it's like life is trying to teach me something at this current point
0: point. and i want
1: to kind of read a couple of quotes with you tonight i was going to kind of share a couple of things with you and just kind of get your thoughts my friend awesome. so awesome yeah so the first quote is, and this is a really good quote, it's, it's kind of long, but I want to definitely dive into this because this really, this really hounds into your podcast messages in general. And so the quote goes, don't aim for success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you are going to miss it. For success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. Success and happiness are the unintended side effects of one's personal dedication to a cause greater than oneself or it is the byproduct of one surrender to a person other than oneself. Happiness must happen. And then the same holds for success. You have to let it happen by not caring about it. Listen to what your conscious commands you to do, and go on trying to carry it out the best of your knowledge because you have forgotten to think about it. Your thoughts, my friend. Wow. It is mouthful. Um, <laughs> it is.
0: Yeah. And I and I guess you know, looking at uh, the fact that he came up with this in in some of the most horrific conditions mm-hmm. ever, um, it's somebody it's somebody I know I need to listen to because it's it's the it's the deepest form of, of trying to figure this stuff out mm-hmm. more so than I'll ever ever know. You know, because mm-hmm. you know, here I am, I got some arthritis pain and I'm hurt, I'm a little hungry. You know, oh, I got it real bad. You know, <laughs> give me a break. Um, right, right. I'm probably thinking more along the lines of, um, yeah, chasing after just success as the title as the word. Um, yeah, that doesn't get you far. It's, it's the puzzle pieces, um, that I think are important. And those puzzle pieces are, uh, purpose, passion, uh, relationships, you know, the family,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, things that you just love doing, uh, making a difference with people, right? bringing value to people. Uh, hmm. It's that journey. It, it's not anything that it's like a light switch. It's the thing that culminates after a whole bunch of stuff that gets laid down as a foundation, I guess. Um, and a lot of it's reading, a lot of it's cultivating relationships. So, yeah, going after this, you know, this success term, you know, uh, whether it's on a wall or something, I'm trying to picture it. Can't do it. It's all the little things that make things great in your life that transforms to success and happiness. I think. Absolutely. Probably longer, that's Absolutely. probably longer than the quote. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it was good. And I, and I value, I mean, your podcast is coach, you know, coach of success, right? You know? Yeah. And it's like, that's really, it fits you deeply. And I think what you mentioned there and the one keyword that I picked out when you were describing it was a journey. And, you know, this is what I've really been on the last three years. I've been on this journey. When I, when I read that, I, you know, I'm going to give you some credit, my friend. You did really good right on the spot there um, because I kind of had an opportunity to process a little bit more because I read the quote about two or three different times, and I had to kind of try to, you know, dissolve it a little bit for myself. And when, when we did the first 10 podcasts, more than anything, I've been describing all the low, low points that have happened to me, like when Sarah left, when Sarah got you know basically divorced me when my dad had passed, when I was going through the ups and downs with the next relationship after Sarah. I mean, all those things just, it's like a journey for me to get to where I needed to be. And I reminded myself, I I remember not reminding myself, but I remember deeply how sad I was when all that kind of happened. And when I really think about it, um, I was trying to do so many things to try to like recover the happiness that I had when I remember the good point. You know, I was trying to fight so hard or work even harder than I had to do it just to try to make up for all the sadness that was going on in my life. And the more I worked, the more it seemed like it was just kind of like never going to get there for me. And the second I realized this, and I remember this very, very deeply, was the fact that when I gave all my control up back to my higher power and I said to my higher power, you know what, you got this. I can't do this anymore. I have to rely on you to get me through these very depressing sad points and when i gave it all to him life just became 10 times better because i felt i didn't feel the stress of trying to achieve that happiness it was going to be derived by having a relationship with him basically and that's Hmm. kind of what i did and it's like deep and when you start reading the book you you read how important spirituality becomes in the context of uh the book itself because he, the reason he said that, John, was is and I'll share it with you because, and I don't want to give away too much of the book because it's a fabulous part. But he talks about how, as these prisoners, you know, they, they go up to the guards, and these German guards basically ask them, "Hey, listen, this is everything that you have," and they're usually carrying what, like, you know, a bag of clothes, um, maybe some blankets. Uh, you know, a pair of shoes, whatever they had, possessional-wise, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the guard asks them again, is this all you have? And then usually the inmates or uh, the people in the concentration camps answer yes, and then what happens is the guard just smacks everything out of their hands and says, great, now you have absolutely nothing. And what he said when he saw that was the fact that, yes, he took away all my possessions, but you can't take away my choice, And that was so moving. It was so unbelievably moving. And it's because he needed to find happiness through the choices that he made. And that is like just, it cut really deep into my heart. It really did. And it was just astonishing. And uh, which leads me to the next part of the quote. So that was the first quote, which was just, I told you it was long. Um, The next quote is also long also, and it talks about love. And uh, I'm going to share this quote with you. I want to get your thoughts with it, too. But um, I'm going to read a little bit slower this time because I can read a little quickly. But I really want you to kind of absorb it, okay? So here we go. Love is the only way to grasp another human being in the innermost core of his or her personality. No one can become fully aware of the very essence of another human being unless he loves him or her. By his love, he is enabled to see the essential traits and features in the beloved person, and even more, he sees the potential within him or her. Furthermore, by his love, the loving person enables the beloved person to actualize his or her potential. Your thoughts, buddy?
0: Wow, heavy,
1: extremely. Really?
0: Yeah, the first uh, <clears throat> the first thing that came to my mind. Um, was the the part you just mentioned before where, you know, he mentioned, hey, you cannot take away my choice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I wrote down love, and then as you were talking, I wrote down, you know, equals a choice.
1: You know,
0: sometimes we definitely, um, boy, when love hits us, it, it hits us. You know, it can hit us hard. But um, I think it's a choice every day to keep mm-hmm. investing in it, to keep, uh, working at it to take a hit and take a couple steps backwards and then to get up and move forward and all in all at the same time not give up on it not give up on mm. that person um, and, and to me over the years of, of being married um, twenty seven and a half now um congrats buddy thanks man i you know what it's 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 awesome it, and looking up at the up and ups and downs it is it has been it's been a great love affair that my wife okay. and I have had um, where, we, where we, you know, put up with each other and there's a lot of laughter, there's a lot of screaming, there's a lot of tears, you know, and, um, but just going through this journey together has just been great. So that choice, that choice of, you know, putting her first for me, you know, putting mm-hmm. her first, mm-hmm. I think that really comes into play and, um, and you know what, you, you can care deeply for others though too. I mean you know I'm married to my wife, but I can care deeply for for you and obviously my family and but other friends that you know I, I would almost do anything for um and and I do love them too I do love you I do care deeply for other people um so it's a powerful thing that you that you mentioned i think like i said the the thing coming from him in this concentration camp i think uh it's it, you definitely gotta listen to it you definitely... Because we, there's yeah. nobody, there's not many people that have gone through what he's gone through to come through with this great teaching material, this great life mm-hmm. information. We're well, not can get anywhere else because it's so deep uh, that he had to hang his hat on these things to get through and to live. That's that's just powerful stuff, man. That is, I am stunned. I am, I am, <laughs> I'm staggering here. This is this is good stuff, but real good stuff.
1: You are so quick witted. You really are. I mean, you really hit on what I thought about when I read that, too, was the fact that if you love something, you are going to prioritize that love above anything else. And when you talked about your relationship with your wife, with, with Susan, it's like, you know, you're always going to go ups and downs. I don't know any marriage. I don't know any couples that are, you know, dating that have a perfect relationship. That does not exist, Correct. you know? Correct. But if you make that person that you're with, your partner, feel like they're the most important thing, then... Life is awesome. It honestly is, and that's when they, you are unlocking that immense potential within that other person. And love, love is so powerful. Love is just always there. Um, I, we talked about love so many times in our previous podcast. But the the, the most amazing thing about what he sa- shared in this story was that. So what they had to do at those concentration camps, where they were really put to work, and. You know, it, it's cold where they had to work. I mean, th- these people were given nothing, and they had to go walk outside and dig dirt, dig holes, and with absolutely nothing—no shoes, no nothing—just just their own clothes on their back. Literally, they were just turned into rags, let's put it like that. And what he was saying was that he was having such a very depressing day that he almost like was just going to give up. And he 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 remembers it clearly that he was like. At any time, I can just lay here and just go away and just give up. But then what he did was then he went to a vision of his wife. And in his mind, he started having a conversation with her about how things were going. And the deeper he went into that conversation with her uh, through his mind, the better he felt, the more whole he became. And he knew right then and then he didn't have to necessarily be with her to be in love with her. And it was just, it it moved me. It it honestly brought a tear to my eye because that's, that's the kind of love that I felt when I was married, you know, and that's why that pain for me was so real because I knew I lost that, you know, and so it was hard. It was hard for me, but, you know, life goes on. And I, I truly believe that he has a plan, and th- which brings me to the first story that I've got to share with you, because that's, you know I shared a couple of stories already with a couple of quotes, but let me tell you a little bit about what I read on Tuesday this past Tuesday in his book. And he, well, in this book, what he talks about, another great part is he talks about fate. So when his name and, when his name or number because all the inmates in there had a number came up on a list of inmates going to be transported to a gas chamber. Um, he knew the doctor that could get his name or number off of that particular list. He then Mm -hmm. informed the doctor to keep the name on that list. He's like, don't change it. I don't want you to change my name. Don't take my name off that list. And what he said to the doctor is like, I'm just going to let fate take its course. And the doctor's like, are you sure you really want to do this? I mean, this this group next that's going to leave this camp is going to straight to a gas chamber and the probability of you living at that next camp is going to be slim. He's like, you know what, I've come so far that I'm just going to let life and fate take its course, and if it's what needs to happen next, then I'm going to be with some of my friends. And I was just blown away. I was blown away at his total trust in that fate. So what, here's what really, really got to me. It's that when he arrived at that new camp, What he recognized right away, because the other inmates at that new camp that he arrived to told him that this camp is not a gas chamber camp anymore. And then what happened was that after the liberation actually took place, he talked to a friend that became a cop at the previous camp that he was at. The cop informed him that he was looking for a missing corpse body part at that old camp that Victor was at. And when the cop found that missing body part, that body part was already soaking in a pot. And what happened was at that previous camp was that that camp was becoming a cannibalism camp okay. and it was unbelievable. He, he had to leave and that's exactly what happened. In the second he left, that camp became a cannibalism camp and he left and he, you know, his life wasn't taken. He absolutely trusted his fate, which is like so difficult for so many people to do when you're talking about life and death. And it's, it was it it moved me the the amount of trust that he had in his faith you know and his faith and so i your thoughts buddy i know it's overwhelming so your your it thoughts. Is.
0: <clears throat> If you could have had a camera on me i was tearing up from the from the last story <laughs> um just a just a powerful feeling of uh uh of him thinking con- contemplating giving up just rolling mm-hmm. over and just i could just lay here and just end this right now right um yeah, it's again trying to wrap my mind around this, and I can see where, like you said, you have read a couple of these things a couple times.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It is
0: so deep and powerful that I think that is necessary um, to really kind of think about being in having that empathy uh, to be um, in that frame of mind, you know, that that he is in. Um, but boy, just to give up give up the choice. Like he had a choice that if he said to the doctor, yes, take my name off that list. He had a choice, right? Absolutely. And he absolutely and he gave up that. But that in itself is a choice. Mm-hmm. He chose to do that. And so he didn't give up a choice. You know, he didn't give that up. He made the decision to say, you know what, let's roll the dice. Let me just see I, I got, you know, i the feeling whatever. I'm gonna let life decide. I'm gonna let this mm-hmm. I'm gonna give up control of this and uh and see what happens and whatever happens i'm ready for it and it turns out you know like you said it was the best move for him obviously and right um, that, that's pretty deep and sometimes i was listening to oh i was listening to podcasts today um god i listened to a couple of them today so it was either brian buffini or uh, uh sam crowley talking about you know sometimes you got to be in the place that you're at you have to give up control at times, and then other times you got to fight for things and, and do things yourself, mm-hmm. okay? Um, it's just pretty dang amazing that that kind of echoed this message to me again with what you're sharing with us tonight, buddy. Man, that's huge. Mm-hmm.
1: And it kind of leads back to the second quote, because whenever I'm stuck at a crossroads of a very important choice, I tend to follow my heart. And that's mm-hmm. what, as uh, someone has always told me to do that, I remember reading that book I talked to you about um you know at at the time of my mind right now it's kind of losing me but i always try to follow my heart and that's that's what always leads me in the best decision that i could possibly make and what i what i see in fate what he says victors does is the fact that i look at that as you know my higher powers will you know so whatever my higher powers will is i'm going to try to believe in that because i trust my heart and that Everything, and, I, and you, you've heard of this a hundred times already, all the downs that I experienced over the last three years. Everything to me that has happened to me is leading me to this exact moment right now with you. And it's it's powerful, you know, to think about it like that. I mean, in retrospect, I'm like, man, I went through a lot of crap. But in essence, it made me such a better person. And, you know, and we've learned so much. I mean, everything that we've done so far is just awesome it's good momentum too and it's just like i said everything that happens to anybody it just leads them to this exact moment where they need to be and that's choices the choices that you make in life actually do that you know and which leads me to my second and last story because it's like i said this book has just been moving me and i've only been halfway through this book so um i read this story yesterday and this is another story that he shared in the book And this is where Victor Frank had an opportunity to actually escape from the concentration camp. He and another inmate went to, um, they call them huts, or the camp areas where they stayed in. And he was going to gather some things and then go into the woods and escape with his other inmate that they made a plan to do. When he entered that hut, he encountered a man that was dying. And a lot of people obviously were dying, but the most common things would take people's lives in these camps, John. I mean, you could just catch a cold and it could amplify at the drop of a dime and then all of a sudden you would pass. And what the dying man did was when he saw Victor, the dying man asked him as if he was going to leave the camp. Victor looked at him right in his eyes and he said, no, I'm not. But then Victor, but, but the man that he answered to, he knew that Victor was lying just in his eyes just alone. So after Victor gathered everything from the hut, he then went back outside to meet his friend and he told his friend right there and then, he's like, I I can't leave all these dying patients or all these other inmates in here in this hut. I just can't. And his friend looked at him like, are you crazy? We can just go right now and try to escape. You know? And he's like, I just can't do it. And what happened was he then went back inside the hut and then he said, right there and then that a, a true peace came over him because he knew ethically that's what he couldn't do. He couldn't leave someone behind. That's what he said. Hmm. And once again, I was just completely blown away. Here's a person who's been in prison for somewhere near two to three years now, and you have an opportunity to just go ahead and leave all this misery behind. But because someone else is at a camp that you've developed a relationship and you know he's, he's dying, you can't leave him, go back inside and try to be with them is unbelievable it really is your thoughts buddy
0: man that's uh that is the true one of the true definitions of love right there
1: absolutely you're
0: you're putting someone else's needs above yours Um, and even if you have the choice to make your life better to improve yourself right and maybe he maybe he felt that, okay, this guy knows I'm lying, you know, and I can't do that. Right. So right. Again, another internal battle, um, you know, character, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he won that one obviously. Um Joy, just pretty powerful when you when you can put that on the line because you know, I gotta be honest. Uh, I might be running. I, I you know, if I was in his <laughs> shoes. I, I might have just gotten the hell out of there. You lost everything and, and all the stuff you've seen and um God, man, this just what a what a great lesson. So the simple little things that I have to go through and make decisions on, I know I can do now. Mm-hmm. You know, hearing this story and when I read that book, it's probably going to hit me even harder. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Great lessons from him that hey, our our little battles, our little things that we got to do, we can do. We we can hang in there. We don't have to quit, and you know, we're not in a concentration camp, you know. Uh, (laughs) absolutely we can get through
1: what we're getting what we got to do that's just powerful Mm -hmm. man huge Mm -hmm. and the first thing that i thought of and once again i I had a little bit more time processing this than you and i you know i actually you know reading the book too and like i said you're very quick-witted with some of the uh the comments that you gave back because they're powerful too but what i thought about was uh the ted talk that i shared with you previously about relationships in general and how the more relationships that you the more relationships that you create that are meaningful relationships, they equate to happiness in your life. Mm. Not about how much money you make, not about how powerful you are, not about how successful you are. The longest people in the study that they did in this TED Talk that they studied for years, like we're talking about like 50 years that they studied these people. Mm -hmm. They said that the happiest people in in, in their life right now at that time were the people that had the most meaningful relationships still at that time. And what the TED Talk person talked about was how difficult relationships are in general because people, they don't like the easy, right? They don't, I'm sorry, they don't like the difficult stuff, right? And relationships with people because people, we're all messy (laughs) to a certain extent, right? (laughs) And because we're all messy, right, and because we're all messy, it makes relationships very difficult. And that's exactly what I thought about right here. You know, more than anything was the fact that what he did was he's like, you know what, I'm going to give. I'm going to value this relationship. And it, it's that's where I think he got his peace. truly. You know what I'm saying? That he's like, it's not about my freedom right now. It's about me helping my fellow man. And it was like just unbelievable because, I mean – You're right. If I'm sitting in that position, just like Frick to Frank, and I have the pathway to leave, I would probably do it. But once again, putting myself back into a context, and once again, I've not been in no concentration camp or anything like that, but the last three years, to a certain extent, especially at the lowest points, like right when I got divorced and then right when my dad passed, was probably at my peak of my lowest. And I remember, I'm like, can't someone just please take away all this pain? Can someone just please let me just have an easier life? Can I catch a break? I remember texting so many people. I'm like, why can't I just catch a break? Why is life giving this to me? I don't I don't want it. you know. And Ooh. if there was a path to take and escape, I would have took it 500 times every single time. But obviously that wasn't given to me. I had to work through getting all that pain. And I'll tell you right now, I can't tell you how happy I am. I can't tell you how grateful I am to have these conversations with you and I, creating this content, creating these podcasts, getting a great message out there. And we're just building so much awesome momentum. And it's, it's awesome. I, I can't even describe it by any word, but awesome. And mm. like this, like I said, and like I said last podcast, no matter what happens from this point forward, these podcasts will always be around here. You know, we're leaving yeah. something on this place, describing a story, and just describing how things are moving us. And this is what makes this book so freaking powerful, John. I mean, I, I and all, the, all the everything about love, everything about relationships, everyone about putting people above yourself. I mean, that's why I think from this point forward we're going to talk about some of the key people, some of the key friendships that I've had over the last three years that really got me moving towards that direction. Mm. Good stuff,
0: man. Holy cow, boy! I'm glad you came up with this, man. This is good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, this wasn't nothing I did, my friend. This is nothing. This is just a book I've been reading, you know. And I, yeah. I have like I'm looking at, the, I'm looking at my dinner table right now. There's about four other books sitting on top of each other that I know I need to attend to. But um, I don't know. I, for some reason I've just been gravitating towards this book, and this is the one thing that I've been reading. But I think this is a very good way to transition for me talking about, like I said, besides my family, all of these amazing friendships and relationships that honestly make me happy. And that's right. exactly why I'm still in them. And the amount of effort and work it takes to stay in good relationships with these people, you know, because mm-hmm. they have families, they have lives, you know, it's difficult. And so if, if relationships are very valuable to people, they're going to make an effort.
0: Okay, absolutely. Yeah, and that's what life's all about. And that's what we've talked about
1: a few times, and I've always
0: told others you know that that is exactly what life's all about with those relationships so that is fantastic and, absolutely uh, the podcast i just recently did was uh what to feed your mind mm. feeding your mind and how important it is and so you know the books that you're talking about are definitely definitely things that we got to do and i got to find time for too yeah all right yeah. any any parting shots my friend
1: um real quick uh i i have uh bought josslip.com I am going to start kicking up with a podcast very soon, um, my own. Uh, obviously, you're going to be a huge part of that, my friend. Uh, so uh, I just got to get the landing page for that website to come to fruition. Uh, so I'm working on that diligently, but just like you and I, we're, we're really busy people. But I think it's it's going to help me get my message across again too. So look out, be on the lookout, basically, for Jefflip.com. Uh, and, you know, when I actually start the podcast on my own, um, you know, we're going to continue to do this, you know, I'm looking at this like an Oprah, Dr. Phil type of thing, you know what I'm saying, where I'm learning mm. from the great Oprah, you being Oprah right now, and me oh, hoping please. to be Dr. Phil and kind of branching <laughs> off, you know? Oh, so buddy. Uh, be, be careful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that, that that's, that's, that's what I want to kind of do.
0: That's fantastic news, and, uh, and you, uh, throwing it out there, because I remember when, uh. When you purchase that, uh, that domain name, that's that's fantastic, buddy. I'm so happy and so proud of you. That's great. That's great. All right, gang. So, hey, we got some stuff to look forward to, that's for sure, for the next uh, show next week and uh, the, the shows beyond that. And then, you know, Jeff Lip shows are coming out. So that's going to be great. I cannot wait to hear these. Yeah, I'm looking forward to helping you out however I can, buddy. And uh, There's definitely other resources out there that we can both jump on and uh, take advantage of, so that's cool. All right, everybody. Hey, great way to end this night. Uh, definitely uh, find that book. I'm going to get my copy out that Sam Crowley gave to me too and move it to the top of my list. And uh, Kirby just jumped down here, so he's exploring the office here. Um, so, yeah, we're going to uh, pick this up next week, and I hope everybody's doing all right out there. Again, find me on Facebook, coach to Expect success and then over on Twitter, at coach 2 Success. And we're going to get some more stuff going here. I'm so happy for you, Jeff. Great job tonight, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Okay, we'll talk soon. Okay, everybody, have a great night. Take care of yourselves. See you.